0: The following podcast contains explicit language.
1: Hello, and welcome to the B side for episode 1636 of our national conversation about conversations about race. Is Kaepernick kicking a hornet's nest? I'm Anna Holmes here with Raquel
2: Cepeda. Hi, Anna. Looking at Rebecca Carroll as you say that. We don't all
1: look like No, I was just making sure I had pronounced your surname correctly because I had just, you know, i had been practicing and then I was worried. No, it's I, all good. It's okay. all good. All right. You can correct me. Um, I also, will. I will. <laughs> also joining us is Rebecca Carroll, who's the editor of Special Projects at WNYC, an opinion writer at The Guardian and critic at large for the LA Times. Yes. Hi. Hi. On our last episode, we discussed Donald Trump's visit to a black Detroit church caught up on the controversy surrounding the Dakota Access Pipeline and the Native American activists and others who are opposing it, and we discuss the growing movement of athletes kneeling or sitting during the playing of the national anthem during sporting events.
0: Here's our producer, A.C. Valdez, with some of what you all had to say. So uh, most of our listeners really wanted to talk about uh, our Colin Kaepernick conversation. I'm not surprised. Uh, from last week's show, which, yeah, doesn't surprise I'm, me either. Either. People went in on Tanner. Pretty hard. We're going to get to those, but before we do, I'm going to read this email, which is a little bit different than most of the Kaepernick feedback we got. Uh, This is from Nadine. I agree with the typology Tanner proposed differentiating personal protest from political movement. It's a valid critique of Kaepernick's efforts. Why isn't anyone talking, though, about whether and how his personal identity plays into the protest? Kaepernick is racially ambiguous, or at least was before he grew out as Afro. If I recall correctly, he was raised by a white family and isn't sure of his background. As a black woman, I find the question of who he is and where he got his political education really interesting. It's not something the media is usually allowed to address, but it seems fair game for a podcast like yours.
3: Okay. Well, Rebecca, you were kind of shaking your head. During... Well, I mean, shaking my head where to even begin. First of all, Nadine, racially ambiguous you could say you could observe that he is racially amb- ambiguous but you can't say he's ra- racially ambiguous mm. he gets to decide what racially he is and to that end, i don't think he's ever been racially ambiguous i think he's always known that he was biracial and like most of us who are biracial and black identifying and were raised by white folks we decide when we call ourselves black and not biracial because actually nobody cares like particularly racist people who exactly. if you are, <laughs> yeah. who see us as black so his Personal activism and it, that is happening right now, which we'll, I think we'll talk about later at this moment of reckoning of, of where we are with race is really important and makes all sorts of sense. There's so many things in that in that email. But so as I recall, he was raised by white parents because he's uncertain of his background. He's not uncertain of his background. His birth mother, who is white, is completely and inappropriately, in my opinion, as an adoptee who has an invasive white birth mother, who has tweeted her disapproval of him. She conveniently reappeared in his life. At the height of his career. I mean might have I don't know if it was the height of his career. No, it might it's have the been, height
2: of when people are looking we're at, looking him, at him, like, right. you know, I didn't know Kaepernick right. was before because right. I don't I actually oh. one of those Americans that don't like I don't like football. Yeah. I don't like it at all.
3: But he has said he doesn't want to He doesn't want to hang with her. He's not interested. Here's
1: here's something that I'm curious about and I don't know the answer to and I don't know if either of you do either. And I also don't know if Nadine knows the answer to this. But I'd like to know where she's where she got the impression that, that he was racially ambiguous and that he's then decided he was black. Or where she gets the idea that by growing out his hair, he suddenly becomes black. It's like, it feels like, it feels like, you know, okay, so if his hair is longer than two inches long, he suddenly identifies as black, either right. internally or even externally. So I don't understand that aspect of it. I, 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 I don't know enough about his bio to know whether he has considered himself black or not, but I don't really care. He's black. I think, I think,
2: yeah. I think what, what maybe and not, again, I'm not in 18 shoes. I Did see on Twitter and on social media that he was asserting himself as a black man? That's because there were other uh, football players that were saying that he's white. Why is he talking? Mm. Why is he? Why is he? And then actually, he had that moment that Jay Smooth had with Nancy Giles on actually, I am black. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean the other thing, and it made me sad because. It made me sad because to me, you know, I always see any moment, any revolutionary moment, whether it's personal or whether it's organized as number one, an an extraordinary act of love for your own people. And it's a way for us to coalesce. So whether you're Dominican like myself, Dominican American or biracial or black American or however you identify, Mm -hmm. why can't we why does it have to go into the like, why is he not standing up? Right. I mean, why is he standing? Why is he kneeling down? Is it? Be, I mean, He's not even he's not even black. The, I thought it was so ignorant.
3: But the other thing, though, to suggest that because he has white parents, that has anything to do with his own decision to put a, a, a personal form of activism out there. Like, as I recall, she said he was raised by white parents as if that changes. Who cares? But it does matter. Just not in the way that I feel like she's inferring and other people I read were mm-hmm. inferring, mm-hmm. which is that. And again, I'm speaking as a black adoptee raised in a white family that at a certain point, you're like, I'm done with this white framework. Mm -hmm. I am done with being surrounded by. All white folks, and I'm gonna get my black revolution on. That's that's very (laughs) real.
2: That's very real. Yeah. When his mother inserted herself, it really stung me because as somebody who I was raised by my father and Scandinavian stepmother, and I have a Dominican mother who kind of like sees me now because you know I don't, I barely know her. She tried to insert herself when she sees me out in the public view. You know, uh, you know, in public eye. And had she had Twitter and my and my book came out when she was on Twitter, or if she's Ah. on Twitter, she would have tried to insert herself as well. So that really stung me. In the specific lies a universal. You know what I mean? And there's something in it that we can all identify with. So I try to break him down because he's getting woke. On for, you know, he's getting woke in public.
1: The issue of like when Colin Kaepernick became politicized or was politicized or became political is perhaps an interesting one that, you know, or a question that one could direct at him. That'd be an interesting conversation. But I don't know that it has anything to do with anything else. It's just kind of like an adjacent aspect to the rest of the story. I don't think it's a... I don't know that it's a fundamental part of of the story in the sense that whether he was politicized as a young child or whether he was politicized 6 months ago it doesn't make
3: his actions any more or less legitimate. Right. Exactly. I mean, not all forms of black activism and black expression have to be politicized mm-hmm. either. I mean, from mm-hmm. the last, I uh, recall you saying um, in this conversation last week that perhaps his, his political views were not as sophisticated as they might be, but they don't really even need to be. Right. But and you know that's what? part of the larger kind of deconstruction of the black monolith. It's mm-hmm. like, this is what it looks like for Colin Kaepernick, and he's black.
2: But you know what? He also has, I guess, the misfortune or maybe the fortune, maybe it's a double edged sword of awakening in public. So we all went through that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we all went through that, you know not in public identity. <laughs> not in public, not yeah. in public, right? Yeah. So you know, you have somebody who's like, you know, slowly waking up, waking up, that middle, you know, that, that third eye is, is waking up. So who are we really to question his 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 act of love?
3: Well, also the whole point of being a progressive thinker is evolving. Yeah. Right. So he's and evolving. stumbling and getting and, up. Yeah. And that's what Though I'm more interested in witnessing. It doesn't
2: strike me that he's stumbling no, a whole lot. I haven't seen him stumble yeah. yet. Well, no, I mean I yet. one
1: critique that was being leveled at him by I think Tanner that I that I did agree with was that he had someone painted himself in a corner and actually Jamil said as much as well and I and I did agree with that but that you know I think we we should be allowed to maybe discuss the ways in in which his rhetoric or actions might have uh, handicapped him in some way in terms of messaging right but the bigger picture is that he's not as I said, He's not a professional activist. Not that you have to be a professional, but he's not. He's a football player and a young man who, again, is figuring things out. So I think we we should give him leeway, right? But I also don't think that he's totally immune from criticism in terms of the ways that he decided to protest. Now I'm not saying that he shouldn't protest. I've protested. I was. I. I don't see what the big deal is. But I understand that if he makes comments like "I'm going to," he's going to do this sort of. Activism until the situation for African Americans and other people of color changes in the United States. He's going to be kneeling for a long time. So like that rhetoric didn't really help him. It didn't it didn't make him look good, which is like we can point I think we're allowed to point that out without, you know, denigrating the larger action. but I you know what I hope
2: happens. I hope that somebody, an, an elder of his, or somebody who is a little bit more organized, I hope that people do reach out to him to uh, to help him articulate what that's going to look like because you're not, you yeah, know, you're not always going to be kneeling down, right? <laughs> I mean, think, if you're going to need, and then people at some point, nobody's going to care, right? I think
3: that they will, and I, but I also think that, in, and this may just be, semantical. but semantical is that a word? Semantic? You, it, it now it, can I be I a just, word. <laughs> Shakespeare. Um, but I mean, he said, "I'm going to kneel until things have, uh, you know, till I feel like things have changed." Well, I was kind of. Impressed by the fact that the president of the United States was asked about his comments mm-hmm. at the G2 summit in China. Mm-hmm. Like, that's making a difference. Mm-hmm. That's huge. So, I mean, to my mind, you can get up.
2: Please, <laughs> <He's laughs> after that. I <laughs> know he's definitely soaking that conversation, and it should. We should never stop talking about these things that make us uncomfortable. So, basically, right. Rebecca, what you're saying is he should stop kneeling.
1: No. <laughs> Maybe she should stop. No, I'm, what I'm and... saying is that there
3: are different interpretations of what it means for things I'm to change.
0: On the same topic, but a different kind of take on it, we got this voice memo from Alex.
4: Hey guys, my name is Alex, and I have listened to every episode of About Race. First off, and I'm saying this as another white guy, I think it's hilarious that Tanner basically got called an angry white man, as if the script had been flipped somehow. That being said, I do feel like Tanner takes the occasional break from being a co-discussant to being a bit of a steamroller. At one point in the episode, Jameel and Anna were expressing how Kaepernick got people talking about police brutality without a black kid dying on camera. This point didn't quite make it out into the discussion, and I just wanted to express how much it registered with me. I actually participated in a very productive conversation, albeit on Facebook, about police brutality and racial profiling, and it was all in response to Kaepernick's protest. So even though, to Tanner's point, many people simply redirected the conversation to patriotism and respecting vets... There were also important conversations about racism that happened nationwide in response to his actions. It's obviously complicated, and even though some hearts and minds are changing for the better, there's always going to be the backfire effect that results in pockets of America having a deeper resentment for black protests. However, I think it's worth noting that Kaepernick was able to revive the fading conversation about racial profiling and police brutality without a black kid having to die on camera. Thanks, guys, and keep up the great work. So it's like
2: he just perth- he he was the fourth person to comment. Basically, it's kind of a seamless, I guess, voice memo, right? That uh-huh. went into what we were just saying. We're just saying that Barack Obama is being asked about about uh, what he did, right? Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in China, so yeah. as far as Tanner being the angry white man, I don't. I wasn't sure what I I don't that understand meant. what that well, meant. Well,
1: I didn't interpret Tanner as being angry that yeah. day. I interpreted myself as being irritated at times by things he was saying, but I didn't Welcome. interpret him. <laughs> I didn't but, interpret but him as being he, angry.
3: Was this guy in in defense of Tanner? I don't I, I mean, don't mean I he said know. that he yeah. was being I'm painted sure. as an angry white guy?
1: I think he was noting it with, you know, a certain bit of amusement. That's what it sounded like to me,
2: but I'm not sure. Alex, you can always, you know, write oh, us back I, and I tell, think, you, yeah. Maybe, yeah. tell us what you meant. Maybe, and I, I'm i just assuming, so there were times that, I, I think it was this last episode where Tanner said that um, the way he was speaking at, for example, my Baratunde and myself in the old incarnation of a uh, sh- uh, show about mm-hmm. race, other people kind of registered it as being loud. Right. And uh, that he didn't oh, right. mean it. But I mean, I registered it as it being loud. Okay, (laughs) so I speak for me. Is that a hashtag? I speak for me. Um, um, So I think that's what maybe he was talking about, the way that people are receiving it.
0: Gotcha. One more email from Al. uh, This one is also directed at Tanner. When you were talking about Kaepernick, you talked about how we should be acting differently to fight prejudice more effectively. It reminded me of something I've caught myself doing. I have unfairly held oppressed groups to a higher standard, believing that they should understand how to behave in an unjust world, whereas privileged people only have to understand how not to mess up their lives. For example, a white football player wouldn't be expected to have a good understanding of making racial progress. They would just be expected to understand football. Do you think that you're holding Kaepernick to a higher standard than you would a white football player? Now, I'm curious what you all think Tanner was doing in that. In Do that. we think he was? Huh.
3: I just want to say, though, that in response to to the whole episode, I am stunned by the persistent demand of white people <laughs> for for us to have a formal agenda in regards to how we decide to protest or to express our mm-hmm. activism. I mean, if you all are so anxious about a formal agenda, create one to
2: dismantle <laughs> racism. Yeah, yeah. no. I, I actually jotted down a note that was similar to yours when I was listening to him. And I'm like, wow, I guess addressing white people in in general, right? Not all, but many. They want us to put like basically process PTSD and emotions and love and, and being f- scared and all of these, you know, and injustice into like a spreadsheet
3: exactly for them I mean, to it's understand. Like, no, and what I was thinking in particular about Hillary Clinton, what she had said to the to, to the Black Lives Matter folks, I totally when she was, agree, right? And it's can just you remind like me what, what when is, she met with them, she was like, "Well, these are all good ideas, what but you need to do what you, did, what you need oh, to do yeah, is you okay. know put it in a spreadsheet." It feels so. Like, it your, feels
1: so long ago. Yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I had a colleague thing. the other yeah. day say, "Right, but what's at stake?" Like our Uh, lives, lives, Mm -hmm. air, Mm
2: -hmm. our children, uh, so many other things. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I think it's it's within someone's rights to say whatever they want, I guess. That doesn't mean I have to agree with it. But I think it's within Tanner's or anyone else's rights to say this is how... I don't know that he gets to say this is how you're doing it wrong, right? But I do think that it's legitimate for someone like him or me or anyone else to say this is how I wish... This is how like it might have had more of an impact or this is how I, you exactly you know, like, like looking back on it in, in retrospect. But like do that with some generosity and understanding. Some Don't do it
2: with like some finger wag. And, Are we some, talking and about, some
3: fucking deference. Yeah. Are we like, talking yeah. about just, right? Kaepernick
2: still? Or just yeah. in general? Because well, you know or, what? Or orange. Or, or, or I mean, both. In general. Okay. In general, it may have been an impulse. How do you put that on a spreadsheet? I hear you. I do agree with like the next steps. What I was saying before, I hope mm-hmm. somebody like a Jesse Williams or a Harry Belafonte or whoever, I'm, whoever reaches out. You know what I mean, and just helps articulate. You know, it's this is about community. I hope that there's some kind of some kind of movement to coalesce and uh, you know. And okay, I want to do this. I care about my community. I don't like this. How do I use my money or how do I use my influence to help get you the word can be out? Sure, yeah.
3: if a real people event people are already <laughs> thinking okay if we can get Colin Kaepernick and Jesse Williams and Harry Belafonte in a room this is going to be great
1: someone just texted me a picture of Harry Belafonte yesterday that he, he he was he was with him for some reason um, I'm not gonna say who it is but I got the t- picture texted to me and Harry looks great. I
2: mean, God bless him. He's like 92 years old. Black, don't cry. <laughs> yeah, I was on a panel with him like a year and a half ago and I was just like this the whole time. <laughs> like, were I
0: mean,
3: how yeah. old is he? He's, not-
2: he's like 90 or 92.
3: Okay, so... He I, looks fantastic. Be sexy, be sexy at 92.
2: I, I, mean, what- look, I mean, my my boxing coach is 70 he, and I make every day I, I make some kind of like... God, just, you look freaking amazing. I mean <laughs> I don't I just don't get it. I just I don't understand how flat and then Dapper Dan, have you guys seen Dapper Dan the, No. the hip hop um he was like oh, one of, yeah. he's a, a designer from back in yeah, the yeah. yeah. He's in his seventies and he's like gorgeous. It's mm-hmm. like wow. I mean hmm.
1: I think we hold women to a more unfair standard than men with regards to aging, actually. But that's a different episode.
2: <laughs> I have to say we're all aging sexually. Everybody in this room that I'm looking at looks hot. Thanks. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Moving <laughs> on.
1: <laughs> okay, listeners, thanks for weighing in. You can always shoot us a voice memo or email if you want to chime in on the show. The address is showaboutrace at gmail.com.